0: The second week running, it can't be allowed to die. Someone, somewhere has got to sort it out. Berry fans, we've still got you. This is the Totally Football League Show. There's a Berry FC update on the way. We'll talk to Accrington Stanley owner Andy Holt on how he'd scrapped the fit and proper persons test. Welcome to Wednesdays. It's Wednesdays, everyone. It's me, Caroline Barker. And like all good Wednesdays, we've an offer on ex-footballers. Two for one, he's the midfield dynamo with more clubs in his arsenal than we care to mention Adrian Clark, Although we're not talking about Arsenal because he's a little bit angry about the departure of someone who shall remain nameless. Also, he scored on the journalistic front this week. All the gear and an idea. He's only gone and recorded his own interview on his phone and it worked. Sam Parkins here. Congratulations, Sam. Thank you. That was a little bit condescending, but congratulations (laughs) again. And from a bolt-on to the proceedings, poor. From William Hill, it's Joe Crilly. Hello. Fortune's looking better for Bolton this week? Uh, Still
1: very much as you were with regards to the takeover. Uh, So no.
0: Oh, well, Adrian's brought some tissues in um, to blow his <laughs> nose, but also if you need dabbing of the yeah, eyes I think I to happen. Need them, yeah. yeah, it's all right. Well, and we're not laughing about Bolton because it is blooming awful. Caroline, I didn't get to say hello. Hello. Oh, hi. You know why? Because I was just going to have a VAR chat because you and I are the only ones in this room, I think, looking around that have been and experienced. The VAR, red and green The most important people. Possibly. I mean, clearly that's (laughs) producer (laughs) Abbey. And the reason for bringing it up, because how does that relate to Football League? I have a concern, and you can tell me if I'm right to be concerned. So we went in and we've seen the VAR room and seen how it's all going to work. So there's going to be the VAR official for every Premier League game. Is that going to pull good quality officials out of the Football League? And could that then diminish the quality of officials lower down because suddenly we've got to have an extra official on all the Premier League games.
2: Yeah, it's a valid question. What I would say is, are we satisfied with the quality of the officials anyway? Are we? Well, let's bring in some new ones then. I, I think look, look, it's an opportunity, isn't it, to, to blood some youngsters, maybe to to give other officials a chance, those up and comers, so to speak. And, and personally, I would like to, I would like there to be specialist VAR officials mm. at one point or another because having sat there in that seat with the red and green buttons and the earpiece, it's, it's not, it's not easy. No communication is really important, and I think actually that you need to have designated teams there, people that work together. Every week, like the same three or four people, because time is of the essence and you need to be on the same wavelength. I don't want to see too much chopping and change in there. So look, hopefully we can develop our own VAR officials. I've got a few in mind that I don't like to see in the middle of the pitch that, that we can stick upstairs and, and, and we
0: go from there. It does and has given me respect, more respect for the officials. Definitely. And I think they should do a film of what they're having to go through and what they're having to listen to. Which I know I've seen a few of them. And then the abuse that sometimes they get from players as well. And you will all have a renewed respect for officials at whatever level of the game. Anyway, that aside, I just thought it's an opportunity to get some more officials in throughout the Football League. Richard asks, and thank you, we've had lots of conversations via social media this week. Richard asks, Sunderland are in desperate need of a left back he says left wing back if we're going to persevere with this formation any standout left backs either not playing higher up lower down that you think we should target also how much pressure do you think Jack Ross is under he's certainly been backed is it too early to put Jack Ross under pressure is he under pressure anyway and is that off the back of what happened last season and did anyone watch the Oxford 1-1 and think this is poor Yeah, I
3: watched it actually. I was treated to that and I was treated to Bradford-Cambridge-0-0 as well. So it wasn't a thrilling live action that I watched on Saturday. But it was weird because it actually took me a long long part of the game to work out what system they were playing. And sometimes that can be a good thing. But Embleton has come back from Grimsby and he seemed to be playing kind of in the hole behind the two strikers. There was talk of McNulty playing more withdrawn. He was certainly up there with Grigg. And it looked an issue. I think you just need to look at the personnel in the back three. They had a fullback playing in the the back three, Hume on one side and, and Gooch on the other. So they're not they're not people that you would associate with those roles really. Mm. So I think it's a little bit of an issue. You can understand why the Sunderland supporters are thinking that they haven't really got the personnel to play the three five two. And
0: when you're a year in. Mm. You should have those sorts of issues it, sorted.
3: It was more the manner of the performance that it was slow and they didn't go and build on getting that equaliser in the second half. Didn't create anything for Grig. McNulty was was brightish, but they have to improve. And he's, of course, he's going to be under pressure. Six, seven games. If they don't get the results, then, you know, there could be
2: a change there. There could be. I'd, I still think he did, did enough in that first season to, to warrant longer. I think they'll be fine. I really do. It, they had a few newcomers, probably nervous, playing in front of that big crowd, just just playing it safe a little bit. I know they were fortunate to get a point, Sunderland, um, but remember, they've got McGeady who came off the bench. He'll, he'll go into the hole, won't he? Mm. Give him a free roll, and suddenly Sunderland are a whole different kettle of fish. You've got the pace of Watmore to come back in. I think Max Power is getting up to fitness. Mm. There are more bodies to come into the side. I
0: think they're going to be fine.
2: You're listening to the Totally
3: Football League Show in association with William Hill.
0: Right, we start as we mean to go on. Completely wrong on all our predictions. Does anyone want to disassociate themselves from the predictions they made in the championship? We predicted the automatic promotion... On the show last week, but Cardiff and Fulham then duly lost to Wigan and Barnsley. And Wigan, I think we said horrible things about, and they're doing all right. Uh, Bielsa Bonanza at Ellen Row, they beat Bristol City 3 1. Currently, currently alphabetically, top of the championship. Uh, Bristol City also won't be kicking the ball out of play. If they go down, Lee Johnson's saying we just decided as a club that we're going to make a rule for the 46 games that we're going to let the referee manage the game. Play to the whistle. And the biggest news of all, in the words of Martha Kellner from DC to DC, it's Wayne Rooney, but only from January. Let's start at Derby then. Monday Night Football coming back. 2-1 win for the Rams. How did we assess Derby pre-Wayne Rooney era?
3: Well, I thought it was a really good performance. I'd still be a bit concerned as to whether either Huddersfield or Derby are going to threaten certainly automatic promotion, but playoffs as well, I think is a a bit of a long shot for, for both of those two clubs, in my opinion. I think they're short in a number of areas, but what we did see was a magnificent individual performance from Tom Lawrence, who for Spells last year, I know both of us enjoyed his performances the way that He could turn defence into attack really quickly because he carries the ball so beautifully. And he scored two magnificent goals. Back into Lawrence.
1: Oh, that is absolutely magnificent! The move was pretty
3: good. The finish was something else. And in the second half, different type of performance. Dogged um, and aided really well by Clark, who came in and had a... There was a couple of really good centre-halves, performances in the division. Matt Clark right up there I thought he was exquisite on his on his debut so a great performance but I think still both those clubs Huddersfield as well are short in the final third I think they're going to lack creativity and not get enough goals as they are at the moment
2: yeah I tend. I'm not saying I disagree. I just I, I would be slightly more optimistic on, on both counts, just because they, they have got quality players. Mm. Both sets sets of teams there. Huddersfield, you know, you got Aaron Moy in there. I think Carlin Grant will come good. I think he's the best striker they have got. Big expectation Pritchard. on his
3: shoulders. There like.
2: is, yeah. And he, they need a bit more around him. Maybe. Elphick obviously didn't get off to a good start at, at the back for them. And, and Derby have got match winners. We saw that with with Lawrence, Rooney to come. I thought it was a good debut from Cocker. Tactically, I think mean, you look at it. He went with four-two-three-one, I think, at the start, but then he he kind of evolved the system as the game went on. He just tweaked it as he saw fit. It was four-three-three three at one point. Then in possession, you had someone dropping back to make a back three. It was like a three-four-three, three. and then the second half they tightened up. They went narrow and sort of set up a good block. So I thought that Koku came out of that debut really well.
0: Yeah, Koku and the fact that. Clearly, the players have listened to him, you're right, and the ability to switch, because it's all down to them. You can tell them as much as you like, but that actually brings it It shows
2: there's a lot of work being done on the training ground already.
0: Yeah, and and that it's worked. Huddersfield, that unwanted... We are going to talk about Wayne Rooney, TM, who replaces Frank Lampard, TM, in in a bit. But Huddersfield, that that unwanted hat-trick of former Premier League teams losing for the first time after their relegation, still, as you say, short. Sure. I'm not sure. I've had a look around about what more we can expect from them in the in the next couple of days before the, the window closes. Right. Yeah. You,
2: you talk about the sack race. Or well, you didn't talk about the sack race, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jan Sievert's got to be under all sorts of pressure, hasn't he? He needs to, to probably win at least three of the next five games. If, if they don't win... If they win one of the, of the next five or six, I think it, he, might, he, he might be out. Because it was so poor, wasn't it, in the Premier League. They didn't score any goals. So they would be expecting a lot more from, uh, from Huddersfield, the, the board anyway.
0: But you're right. It's what's been communicated to him. What's expected of him.
2: Well, it's a new chairman, isn't it? A, yeah. a new, new chairman. We all know what they like. They like to, to make statements, don't they, and get their own people in. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I, just, I just look at him and I, I'm not sure that it's a dynamic that's going to work for them in the long term.
0: Do you wish to comment? Um. No. Good. <laughs> Let's talk about Wayne Rooney then. Uh, obviously, what's going to happen now is the fact they're going to be on telly every week, uh, as as Wayne Ruby's Ruby, <laughs> Wayne Ruby, uh, Wayne Ruby's T.M. Derby County. Are we impressed by it? Are we of the Derby County fan alliance that now they are? Odds on to go and win the title. It's the best thing that could ever happen. How can we, little old Derby, bring in Wayne Rooney or are we not really that impressed?
3: Well, it's really exciting for everyone, especially the people at the club. Um, I've got no doubts that he'll come into a a dressing room onto the training ground and be a brilliant professional. Uh, I think he's the best talent. we've. How would you react? I'd love it. Absolutely love it. I think he's the most talented player we've had for 20 years, by, by a mile. And I think he'll come in and have that same attitude that he had as a 17-year-old. So it'll be a great influence around the place. Whether he will get in the team or not, that's a completely different question. And you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, deadly serious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching him and I've heard people that have played in the MLS, British players that have been in the MLS the last few seasons, say that it's um, similar to the Championship in Standard. Yeah, there are players that arguably could play in the Premier League like Almiron who's gone to Newcastle for example but there's players in MLS teams that wouldn't get in League 1 teams or maybe struggle in the bottom tier so it, it's so different the standard over there
0: So does go against their policy as well or the, or the perceived policy of, of bringing the younger players through
3: yeah but I think Koku we heard from the guy last week and hes I'm not too sure that that's going to be exactly the way he goes I think he favours a bit more experience but Yeah, with Rooney, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he'll be able to come in and have a great effect in the championship. Of course, he'll still be liable to produce moments of magic. But if they're motoring and Koku's got a system and has got a front player in particular who's doing the business for him, you know, to bring someone in in January and immediately put him in the team could have a destabling effect
2: on the side. Interesting. Yeah, well, look, you watch a lot more... Of the MLS than I do, so so yeah, I'll tell you where for it. you. You look at the stats, you know, he scores one and two, doesn't he? He's been making goals. Uh, the question for me would be where where did Derby play him? I would say don't. Whatever you do, don't play him deep, line playmaker, because anyone can do it. They've got Huddleston to do that. He can ping a ball. Get Rooney in and around the final third where he can make decisive impacts for the team. I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I'd just give him that free role probably in the number ten position, and and. and and hope that when they get the chances, he, he retains that clinical edge. I haven't seen some of the goals he scored over there. To me, it still looks like he's got plenty in his locker.
0: Wayne Rooney, has that changed anything with, with Derby?
2: Uh, well, coupled with Derby's
1: uh, win on Monday night, the odds have, have come in quite considerably. They were 6-1 to one to get promoted uh, at the start of the season. Their odds have come in. They came in to 11-2 to, 11 to two after the win on Monday night. They're now 9-2 to two on the back of the, the Wayne Rooney news. So it's certainly had a positive impact on the, the, the Derby County betting.
0: Coming up, we're going to hear from Richie Wellens, who's been grilled within an inch of his life by Sam Parkin, and also Andy Holt, the Accrington Stanley boss, uh, as in owner and chairman, is going to come on to and talk all things berry. But Wednesday is the new Tuesday, so let's have a, a look ahead to the weekend. Let's not make any predictions, but pick out a few of the, the tasty ones of what's coming up. Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley's caught your eye, Sam Parking.
3: Yeah, well, I just think two outstanding results to, to start the season. Sheffield Wednesday, obviously winning at Reading. Harris, by all accounts, a free signing from um, Cardiff w- was outstanding. Uh, led Andy Yeardham, uh, a merry dancer, uh, uh, right back. And on the other side, Odabajo and Adam Reach developed a, a really nice understanding. So without a manager, that's still up in the air. Lee Bullen's had the gig before, and I think previously they beat Nottingham Forest 3-0 in his first game. So he's not reading in anything into that victory at the Majeski, But a Yorkshire derby against the team, which um, I might have got right that Barnsley could do quite well this season. (laughs) I thought they were phenomenal. I thought that could have been, they could have been two or three up against um, Fulham. Two outstanding debuts from the central defenders up against Mitrovic. Thomas getting the goal, who was really wasteful. If you think back to last season at Coventry, some big games towards the end of the season. He, his end product was really lacking, so to get a goal on his debut for for Barnsley, really encouraging. And, and Wilkes on the other side was the best player. Uh, yeah, so.
2: I, I can't argue Barnsley. I, I think I tipped them to go down or be near. I tipped them to be near the bottom anyway. But yeah, no, they were really impressive. Uh, young players were brilliant, weren't they? And the centre halves, like you say, that the two newbies. I think they're both twenty-one. Anderson mm. and Diaby outstanding. Uh, the fullback's good. So, yeah, Malik Wilkes was the one that, that stood out to me looking at the highlights of the game. He looks more powerful, doesn't he? It looks like mm. he's filled out a bit over the summer, Malik Wilkes. He could turn out to be one of the stars of the championship if he keeps that up.
0: You fellas always do that, don't you? I always remember at, at school that the lads that you'd never looked at uh, I mean height wise because obviously I was always 6 foot 1 so I, I never but after the summer holidays they'd come back and they'd be 6 foot 3 having been 5 foot 2
2: <laughs> I was the opposite I, I was this big when I was 13 <laughs> just you? stopped
0: I say came out this big <laughs> and then it ended well, I wasn't this fat Look, yeah. I'm saying nothing uh, Kiefer Moore has that done for Barnsley heading off to Wigan that was a
2: weird one that is a head scratcher isn't it because shows no ambition I think
0: well, not, not from him but they, I mean Barnsley, they are
2: a rival Aren't they? They yeah, have to well, be considered yeah, so, so the right. go. Yeah, I mean, for me, Keith Moore isn't just a, a target man. He's not just a big lump. So some people might say, "Oh, Barnsley's not going to play that way." But I don't think that he was all about booting it up to him anyway. I think he's a kind of striker that can do a bit of everything. So I don't know. I think it's a, it's a big loss for them. The,
3: there was a period the back end of last season when he missed a number of games after that head injury, and they weren't that impressive, Barnsley. But they kind of found a way, mm. and so that, Makes me think that they, they'll probably be active in the, the transfer market and try and bring someone else in. The, the other point is Kiefer Moore is unproven at championship level. So it's still a gamble. Um, another championship club taking him and expecting him to score the goals because he's not established in, the, in the second though, tier. International
0: though. England see. Yeah. Uh, um, that,
3: sorry. What? I just saw on the way in this morning that... Um, Sheffield Wednesday are in for Masluongo and it looks like it might go through today which would be a brilliant signing
0: Yeah well again and how that, that changes things for them Sheffield Wednesday Barnsley then Are you right to pick that one out West Brom Millwall Millwall uh, not least because West Brom one of the goals of the weekend Phillips Oh it's coming No one was expecting that least of all Laura Moritz Absolutely extraordinary! Bilic, are we impressed first time out?
2: Well, Albion fans are impressed, aren't they? I think they love him. But If managers have a bit of charisma about them, I think it goes a long way. It sounds really shallow, but football supporters are quite, quite simple creatures. And I think that the Albion fans, on the back of a few managers that they weren't too pleased with... They really want to love Billich, yeah. And I think there's a lot to like about him.
0: Buys you more time. It always buys Definitely. Buy you more time. Not that he, you know, he needs to buy more what time.
2: What I but. like about Billich is that he is a very good organiser of teams. Um, he will make them solid, but he won't do it at the sacrifice of, of attacking Flair. He's got a nice middle ground, I'd say, from a tactical perspective. And we saw that in, in the game against against um, Nottingham Forest. Love the fact that he gave the two kids a game. Uh, Caleb was on the left and... Ferguson at right back and they didn't let him down I thought they looked much better than I thought they would the baggies considering how many changes there were and I really like the, the central midfield axis there of, of Soyers and Livermore and I actually think that that's the thing to look out for in this game West Brom against Millwall mm. two really good engine rooms so you got you got those two for the baggies and then for Millwall Sean Williams and Ben Thompson I think they've got the makings of being a really good combo for Millwall this season
0: I don't know about Millwall uh, yeah. as in we all sat here last week and said not to Joe you can underline the fact that we're all pathetic again in our predictions in a minute <laughs> and if that's that's changed but that, that 1-0 win over Preston North End uh, Neil Harris has a habit of just pulling out results to annoy everyone I think
2: <laughs> well he's not doing it to annoy people no. I don't think we're going to see a ridiculous upturn this season no, I'm I think you only predicting promotion or anything I just think that's a good unit That it's a good start yeah
3: you, you only have to look at the, the signings I think that they've brought in and some good established championship players in Smith and Biakowski in goal. Uh, Bavarsan uh, as well. But, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a great change in their season. I think they'll do well to stay in the division. On the game at the weekend, they had a lot of success packing the midfield mm. last season. And, and, you know, normally they're a 4-4-2, but at times he did play the 4-5-1. So the option to maybe put bring Leonard back into the side and have O'Brien or Ben Thompson, who's been great since he's gone back breaking, to join him with the... Um, the, uh, the lone striker could be a way uh, to get a result at the Hawthorns. But uh, we didn't really touch on it last week. I think West Brom, the business that they've done, is exciting business. It's young players and it's a different kind of model this season. The likes of Sawyers and, and Furlong, who was kept out by yeah. the other young player at the weekend. So I'm excited by their business. Whether it'll be enough to propel them into the, the top two might be a tough well, ask. Let's
2: talk of Dwight Gale going back, yeah. isn't there? Are they, according to reports, they're in with Leeds. They both want him. So look, if they get Gale, that's a game changer. For, for me, they, they are still light at centre forward, West Brom. That's if it. If they don't bring in another striker, I'd say as good as they were, they won't go up. So they definitely need um, another forward. If you're,
0: if you're Dwight Gale, both you would want to play under, wouldn't you? I mean, you know what you're going to get from Bielsa, as in he's going to work you hard. But Bilic too, he's one of those managers that that I would like to play for. Is yeah. it, That's a difficult. Has he been linked with Leeds, has he? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I think probably West Brom. I know he's been there before, but I don't know if the Leeds would be a great fit. He looks... Uh, I think he likes...
2: He'd be there, Keemar Ruf, who's gone, of course. He, he
3: likes his players to be um, versatile, I think, Mar- Marcel Bielsa. Uh, and, you know, I would, wouldn't be too surprised if some players like Harrison have a, have, a, have a go, maybe playing as a number nine. Obviously, Bamford's not... An out-and-out target man, Roof certainly not. So I'd be surprised because Dwight Gale is a a sniffer, he's a finisher. Um, Maybe to go back to the Hawthorns would be a slightly better fit. Not saying that Leeds couldn't do with a bit of help in that department though.
0: Neil Harris afterwards said, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember my goalkeeper making a save after Millwall's win over Preston North End, which is a point you'll now know, Sam, as uh, someone that goes and interviews managers regularly. You've now got to remember all the stats before you go in and do them post match. Is there any point in me telling
3: Caroline that I interviewed managers for about two years yeah, prior no, no, to no, getting no. this gig? I, I'm saying for this show,
0: Sam. For this show. don't need to be I mean, touchy it about it, clearly you only sound like that, wasn't Clearly, it? clearly there are other shows, I'm right? I'm clearly, we've all had life. The desk here. No, no, no. Clearly we've all had life Isn't before the, the Totally Adrian. football show. Clearly we have. But it's not life worth Has talking Caroline about. Caroline just dissed
2: you.
0: Fine. Joe Criddy, has anything changed as a result of the results that we didn't expect at the weekend?
1: Yes. At the bottom of the table, Charlton, who were clear favourites to go down, are now joint favourites with Reading, who slipped into the, the top three in the relegation betting. Uh, so Charlton and Reading, both 9-4. to four. Barnsley out to 3-1. to one. Uh, Hull, 100-30. Luton uh, moving away as well with Millwall, 7-2. to two. So quite a lot of movement after that first weekend.
0: And those two key games that we picked out, West Brom... Millwall, Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley. Who's the likely winners out of that?
1: Uh, well, West Brom, as you would expect us, are, are odds on to win against Millwall. And Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, a shade above even money at five to four to get the win. Barnsley, 23 to 10 in the draw, the same price.
0: You are listening to the Totally Football League show. League One next. The new season is underway, which means the EFL highlights on Quest are also ready to be viewed, including our very own Sam Parkin. He's been a journalist before. Uh, Sam, what's it like being on TV? Or should I not ask you that one? Uh, You can watch them on Quest and Quest OD. Quest is the home of EFL highlights on free TV, and you can find them at Freeview Channel 12, FreeSat 167, Sky 144, Virgin 217, or just go online and watch Quest OD. Dot co. UK. Do that, and you could be watching this weekend's football instead of top of the pops rerun or whatever else is on at that time. Ah, the joys of TV on demand. This season, we'll be working with Quest, bringing you some special in depth features on some of the best games of the season. You love it, we love it, so watch it on Quest. Freeview Channel 12, FreeSat 167, Sky 144, Virgin 217, or online at questod.co.uk. League one then and we start where we started the show with Barry. Another week not on the pitch after their match with Accrington Stanley was called off on Friday, not knowing where this will end up. One person who can give us some insight, though, Andy Holt, the Accrington chairman this weekend, then supposed to play Berry. That's not happening, but the fans are playing each other. Andy Tweeted a photo of ten years ago. Ten years ago in September, when Barry put the bucket round for Stanley, and now this weekend they're hoping to return the favour.
4: Well, it's worse now than it was well, ten years ago. As I've said many times, the funding formula makes it worse, but you know by guarantee. So, so I expect it's worse now, and I expect it to keep, to keep getting worse without any changes to the way football's set up. You know, I, I'd expect this to become more prevalent rather than less as things stand.
0: So, what would, you so cha- what would you change? What needs to happen?
4: Well, well, the problem is when a lot of the football formula for financial distributions and uh, financial setup were set up many years ago, you know, when, when there wasn't a lot of money and there weren't a lot of uh, uh, worry, whether it were 5% wrong or 10% wrong either way because it were on small numbers. And, and by, by applying a formula consistently over many years, what you've done is build big gaps between leagues and between clubs and that, that's what's creating uh, effectively people gambling on the getting to the next league and, and going for broke. So so you've you've got you've got clubs that are going for broke, you know, where where like Naps County where that we're through his own business going under, he's he's lost his ability to fund the club. Mm. Uh, but had but he not overspent at nots County, then there wouldn't have been an issue. You've got clubs going to broke that, that are owned by billionaires and they can do. And then you've got those that are trying to run sustainably. But, but the, the tension we really want uh, sustainably is that uh, you're effectively going backwards. So so as a, as a club owner, you, you're, uh, you're in a trap, really.
0: Would you scrap the test, the fit and proper person's test? I would, yeah
4: i would scrap it forthwith. I, I think it's a disaster. The, the, uh, the fit and proper person's test. It's a bit like me saying, test breathalysing you tomorrow morning mm. and expecting to not be on the beer tomorrow night driving your car from back home from a party. You know, so, so you can, it do not predict any future behaviour. It doesn't control any future behaviour. So, so there's absolutely no point in it. It should just be cursory uh, checks. Then after that, there has to be other things that, that govern how people operate. And at the minute, the EFL buys all the problems by doing what they do doing. They're, they're, they're effectively a gatekeeper on new owners by, by using this test, uh, this fit and proper test. But, but the truth is, no test is going to test for for what the future holds.
0: Would you stick a bond down at the start of every season? So if you if this is your wage structure for the season, would you make clubs stump that up at, at the start to guarantee they can get through the season? Or is well, it...
4: I, I, I certainly wouldn't do it. So I, I certainly wouldn't stump it up. You know, I'm not paying for the future just because other people don't run the clubs properly. I cover Accrington's uh, losses, if need be, as and when. And we try not to make losses, obviously, because I'm covering them. Mm. But, but I, I certainly won't put a bond down just because other clubs don't run the clubs right. Everybody knew about Berry. We've talked about it for years in football. You know, owners have talked about it. For, literally ever, ever since I got involved in football, we've known the issues at Berry. Everybody knows about it. The EFL has the information because all, all contracts are lodged with them. So they know how much, uh, they know the turnover of the club. You, you've got to hand all that information in. So all the information is there. And where, where clubs are clearly overspending, the EFL has a, has a duty to check where that income is coming from. You know, it's, it's, So asking me to put a bond in mm. because somebody else is overspending just isn't going to work because I won't do it.
0: I know you're a, you're a busy man because you're running your football club and running it well, but we do love to to talk to you. So just on that, that word, disappear, do you think Berry will still be in the league at the end of the season? And how long do you think before other clubs will be in that, that similar situation? Will we end with the full complement of clubs at the end of the season?
4: Uh, I, I don't know, is the answer. I, I, I'd like to think uh, that we would. I don't know. I do know that Bury won't disappear. You know, they will uh, regroup, you know, just like Nots County didn't disappear. Mm. But it's a shame that they're gonna have, that they have to go through this sort of pain. That clubs and, and fan bases and communities have to go through this sort of pain. That uh, that really is paying for nothing because the all the spending has got them nowhere. Bolton fans have a go at me all the time, but but at the end of the day, they've they've lost hundreds of millions and they have ended up playing at Accrington. You know, they, they haven't lost anything. Uh, and, and we're we a small budget, so so the overspending you could argue don't really get them that far, you know. So, so all it does is create anguish, and I, I just think we need a limit on it. We need we need to say look, to protect yourself, uh, uh, you can't you can't go too mad. For me, it's you either accept that clubs are going to go bust and let them do what, as they wish, or you put proper regulation in.
0: Andy Holt talking about dream chasers. The problem is Sam, as fans. That's that's kind of why we watch football, isn't it? We all want to dream. So, how do you stop someone coming in with a load of money, wanting to spend the money to go through? Is Andy right? Can can you stop that?
3: Cool, that's a tough question for this time on a Wednesday morning. Um, I don't know. I think the points I made last week have been echoed, you know, uh, quite a lot this week in terms of there needs to be something in place you know, to, to make sure that the individuals are looked, thorough, looked at thoroughly before they come in charge. But also the clubs, the club's finances, you know, that, that needs to be more transparent for, from the off. And I don't know how you keep a close eye across Auditors. that.
2: You get, you know, throughout yeah I, th- yeah I think you should be should be sent independent people yeah. maybe on behalf of the EFL should be going in just making sure that the club's being run properly yeah. as you go doing audits I mean businesses do yeah. it all the time it's, it's, it's a par for the course especially yeah. in the financial industry
1: what, what do they do though if the auditors go in
2: and they realise that something's wrong that all well, they're going to do yeah, is they're, they're going to bring like, it forward who knows I mean, the teams that, will still that, be in the same situation that's a complicated question and something they would need to look at yeah. but but you, I'm not saying you have to I think you're pretty on a few strikes and then you're out I, I, I don't know how it works mm-hmm. but but what's wrong with getting people to track how the business is operating as you go yeah. it's, it's come to it's a real problem this is league one but in the championship we are seeing clubs sell their stadiums to fit into the financial fair play rules. That can't be right. That's not the way forward, is it? So something's got to change.
3: To have regular checks at the football club's finances, though, so it doesn't transpire, uh, has to be the way forward, hand in hand, with being more thorough on the individuals. Yeah, the, the, the rulings that are in place now clearly aren't, aren't working. And I don't know what the reasoning is behind these businessmen taking over the clubs at times. I don't know if it's um, an ego thing. I don't know if it's um, to have clout in the local area I don't know it seems that some of these people are coming in and and being negligent from from the word go really
0: yeah you you kind of don't mind if it is all of the above as long as they're honest about it and, and say what it is and do something that's sustainable we don't want football to be decided off the pitch and that's kind of what's happening at the moment so the quicker that's sorted out the better. After the weekend, Fleetwood surprised top team. 3-1 win away to pre-season promotion contenders. Peterborough, they joined Sunderland and Portsmouth as not winning in game week one. Wickham's blushes is spared after they secured a 2-0 win over Bolton. A couple more injuries as well, Joe.
1: Yeah, sadly. Um, Josh Earl, who was announced as having signed from Preston on loan until January, about an hour before the kick-off, uh, he went off after 14 minutes So that. I mean, he's, he's a young lad. He's only 20, I think, 21. But he was being considered one of the senior pros that was in that team, so he's he's out for I think up to 12 weeks with um, with a knee injury. Uh, but I, th- I thought the Bolton players gave a, a very good account of themselves, and I mean Wickham they, they celebrated that victory uh, on the streets of Wickham, I imagine, um, on Saturday evening. But I think only winning two nil was a bit of a, an indictment on their prospects for this season
0: you just had to underline it didn't you right this weekend Ipswich Sunderland 20 years ago it was Derby in the Premier League yeah. incredible
2: yeah absolutely yeah no it's um, two big guns it's promotion six-pointer isn't it Ipswich Sunderland <laughs> I mean, can you have that in the second game of the season it's, it feels like it I think both will be both will be up there um, Ipswich I think it was a good start wasn't it for them yeah they
3: played very well it was it had to be dogged at times They had to be stubborn but Burton didn't create a great deal after you know being quite free scoring at, at times last season and a lot of good front players but no, there were some really good individual performances from, from the Downs lads. Was good, wasn't he he was brilliant yeah. he he ran the game first half wolfenden central defender who probably looked like he wasn't going to be first choice was outstanding and our man Norwood without getting a goal Mm. just love just love his his energy I love the way that he's narky, gets under people's skin should have scored maybe second half but him and Jackson hold up play very very good and and just looked completely different to the the type of stuff that they churned out last season so it was really encouraging
0: one nil winner at Burton Albion as as a striker that when you walk off the pitch and think, right, I've done enough for my team, because you're right. It's all the the stuff he's doing off the ball, yeah. creating space, uh, allowing others to to flourish. Was the, did you ever really give yourself any pat on the back for for that? Or was it all you, You'd goals?
3: like to be told by the rest of the lads or the manager yeah. that that's enough in the dressing room. Someone looks at you and goes, it's just a look. Sometimes that that. But if you've not scored, then that's really nice if they appreciate the hard work that goes in and. You'd have to ask Norwood or Jackson if they go three, four or five games without a goal. Yeah. And they're still getting the victories if they're content. But Saturday, they'd have gone home on the coach and they'd have felt good about things because they were really good strikers performances.
2: Yeah. I, I do like the balance of the team that he's putting together, Paul Lambert, because you've got the experienced players like Sears and Chambers and Norwood and Judge. And there were all these kids and there's some really good kids. Downs isn't the only good one. Uh, Dazelle, obviously, I remember remember his dad Jason. playing as a 16 year old at Portman Road when I was a junior blue back in the day. Um, so no, it's good to see him him involved, and, and yeah, they've got they've got some good players. So so no, that's a really exciting fixture, I think, in League One this weekend. I think there will be a great atmosphere, and it's actually for these kids at Ipswich. Going down is the best thing that could have happened because they actually will get a game now.
0: You just take me right back to a memory of, I think it was the East Anglian Daily Times. They always used to do little pen picks like Top Trumps on, on the back of the paper. And I'm sure Jason Dazell was always oh, yeah. always on the back and I always thought, oh. He was wish. a great
2: player to watch back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's great to see the uh, the family tradition continuing.
0: And it's it's working. They've sold over 20,000 for the Ipswich-Sunderland game. They took 1,700 to, to Burton Albion. As well, so th- that at least is is change- how quickly you can change the, the ground.
2: I was going to say the goal is six foot nine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what's that. that about? I mean, six he's foot had nine. a good six weeks holiday <laughs> as well. Yeah,
2: uh, uh, although he, he almost got caught out for a goal and dawdling on the ball, but um yeah, interesting acquisition. Now,
3: I think they were they were together at the end of last season, uh, the supporters and Paul Lambert. And obviously he's made a bit of noise towards the tail end of last week that he needs help helping the transfer market. So. I think travelling up to Burton, they would have been a little bit pessimistic about what was to come, but to get that performance against a, a good Burton side who yeah. will be challenging for playoffs, you would say, it will, certainly in the top half, I think that's a great result for them and they'll be really looking forward to it. They've got some players to, to come back, a completely different test against Sunderland, but... Yeah, and I'm really optimistic that they could have a good season with these young players and the nice balance that they seem to have.
0: Sunderland, another draw. What odds on that? Maybe I'll come to you on that, Joe, in in just a minute. Rotherham, Lincoln, one of the games you picked out for the weekend, Sam?
3: Yeah, I just think two teams that are going to be up there. Two teams that had very good victories at the weekend. Quite comfortable, I think, as well. We spoke about Lincoln having Grant now and, and Payne. And are they going to be playing... You know, complete opposite football to that direct stuff. You know, at times that's got them out of the National League and uh, and League Two. I think we can emphatically say yes, mm. because um with with the centre forward they've got now as well in, in Walker, you can't afford to be too direct. And it looks like when the ball gets turned over, they're going to move the ball very quickly. They've got people that can manipulate it and play through a, a deep line defence. So all the noises coming out of the Lincoln support is that this is a team... That's evolving year after year. Really encouraging, comfortable victory I over like That's a sign of a
2: good manager, isn't it? Yeah. It's a sign of an intelligent manager because he has not set in stone. He hasn't got one way of playing. He had a way to get them to where they've got, and he's bright enough to realise that's got a ceiling. I wouldn't have
3: seen that coming, would you? Yeah,
2: no, not necessarily. No, but but it's clever mm. because he's saying, okay, that worked to get us here. If we want to go higher. And me and my brother do want to go higher. By the way, we're going to have to do things differently. And the, the, the players they brought in have, have got more quality, more pace. And interestingly, he's kept the same back four, really, hasn't he? So, so he knows what works at the back. It's on the ball. He knows. Then he's something different in League One, which is smart.
0: Danny it? Cowley said, uh, "I'm hoping to get 50 points. Then I'll reevaluate our objectives for the season from that from that point." He's calming everyone down, and not least that will help the players as well in the dressing.
3: It will do, and he always plays it with a straight bat. And I never played against his teams, but I know a lot of friends of mine, ex-teammates that have played non-league, league League two, the last few seasons. And you know, I just wouldn't have envisaged this happening because I hear the stories. You know, they're very vocal on the Mm touchline; they're quite in your face. And I just anticipated that being their way and them being set in stone. So as Adrian says, you have to credit them enormously to saying, do you know what? We're going to recruit differently and play a slightly different way. And if they can carry it off, there'll be some huge clubs. Still in,
2: score from a corner.
3: Yeah, but there'll be some huge clubs in for them in the, the second tier. This weekend, however, you may see a Rotherham side who are a little bit more back to front. Yeah. Um, because Paul Warren's been been talking about it. Well, they were last season, of course, because needs must when you're you're playing against clubs that have got better resources than you. But this year, they're top-heavy. They've got really good uh, options in the the striker department. They've got good midfield players. So he's changed from that, was it 4-5-1 probably, the most part of last season, to a 4-3-3 three, three, to accommodate these new players. Ladapo, Smith, Vassell, Carlton Morris, who did well at Shrewsbury a few years ago. There's re- loads of options there. McDonald
2: and, in midfield is a good player.
3: Yeah, and obviously Ladapo, 500 grand. Not sure we we're all completely taken by him. We we wanted to see what he could do this second season after what he did at Plymouth. Goal on his debut. So, I, I think both those two teams, no doubt, are going to be in and around the, the, the mix-up.
0: Yeah, another player that Chancellor City let go without a contract. Anyway, um, first chance to see Milton Keynes just briefly after their their blank weekend because of all that's happened. With very quick word on them, how will that help? Will it have? Helped them. I think they had a
2: friendly. I think they thrashed a non-league team, didn't they? Yeah. Um In a, in a friendly, not ideal. All I can say on MK Dons is I quite like the look of the business they've done. I don't know what you think, Sam. Obviously, he's gone with some players he knows, like Hiram Boateng from Exeter. But he was one of Exeter's better players. Yeah. Joe Mason from Wolves, plenty of experience. Jordan Bowery caught my eye last year in a in a pretty average crew team. So that might be smart. Regan Paul, who was at Newport, wasn't he? Centre half slash right back um, from Manchester United. Ben Reeves has gone back so Reece Healy signed on. So I think that their business has been really good and I would place them as for sure being top half material.
0: Shrewsbury this weekend. Hmm. Right then, Joe Crilly. Ipswich Sunderland. I asked you for odds on is that going to be a draw? Uh, Rotherham Lincoln and has anything changed when we look at promotion?
1: Okay, so the draw Ipswich Sunderland is 23 to 10 so just above 2 to 1. Uh, Ipswich 17 to 10 and Sunderland 13 to 8. Rotherham odds on to defeat Lincoln on Saturday 19 to 20, Lincoln 14 to 5 and the draw 5 to 2. So if we kind of move to the the top of the table, Sunderland still favorites to go uh, to win the league, uh, favorites for promotion. It's pretty much as you were Lincoln have shortened a little bit after their win, but Sunderland Pompey Ipswich Rotherham Peterborough occupy the top five spots there relegation Bolton uh, you may remember last week I was quite surprised that they were around about even money to get relegated they are now one to five to go down uh, as the the takeover talk drags its heels Accrington three to one third favourites to go down obviously very um their favourites there and Wickham despite their stunning two nil victory over Bolton's under 23s, 100 to 30 to go down for favourites.
0: Apart from that little dig at the end, what I'm taking from all of that is that Sunderland fans, Roka report as well, I was reading some of their tweets talking about it being reminiscent of last season's form, about it being disjointed, what's got to be done to change their fortunes as well. For the moment, the bookies at least are not blinking. League one done, on to league two.
1: Can I, can I also just add, that, uh, uh, despite my little dig there, uh, Wickham have been brilliant. Uh, the club and the fans towards Bolton Wanderers uh, this last week, uh, both before and after the game. So uh, many, many uh, thanks and appreciation, Stairway.
3: On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere,
2: this is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media.
0: League two then, and there was a rhyme that producer Abbey has written, but just so that I prove that I'm not beholden to the producer, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read your rhyme. League two, where the sky is blue, but not where you'll find the sky blues. That's why I didn't read it. Ryan Lowe then continuing where he left off with Plymouth Argyle, getting off to a winning start. 3-0 away at Crewe. Salford and Leighton Orient with wins to Brisbane Road. Uh, the, the winning goal was scored by Josh Wright. He was the last player signed by Justin Edinburgh. There were loads of moments during that game where both sets of fans have to be applauded. They they certainly, certainly were remembering Justin Edinburgh and that's going a long way, I know, to, to helping the family at the moment. Elsewhere in relegation favourites, Sol Campbell's Macclesfield, I'm still not buying that, and Oldham both lost. They're the big stories then that already happened. The best, though, is yet to come. Sam Parkin has been enjoying the leasing.com trophy. You caught up with Swindon Boss... Richie
3: Wellens. It's looking relatively strong already, the squad, but um, what positions would you like to maybe add one or two?
5: I'd still like two, three now, but I'm obviously aware that I need to get two or three out. So if that is two or three out, then I would probably like four, four in. But um, we all know at this level the money dictates everything. So I would imagine a lot depends on what we can get out. Does it make it
3: easier now that the, the Premier League's about to get underway and the bigger clubs in the country, if you like, know who's going to be in their 18 pretty much going forward?
5: Yeah, it does. But I'd like championship players who aren't getting in their squad. I'd like top League One players who aren't getting in their squad. So the window goes on for too long. It just kills us because the players on the peripheral of, of League One teams at the top or the championship team... You've got that two or three weeks extra where they're not quite playing. They go, Well, I'll hang on. If he's an injury, if he's someone who hasn't scored in the first three or four games or played well in the first three or four games, then I might get my chance. Whereas if the winner just stopped August the 3rd for everyone, the, the Premier League clubs will go, We need to get him out, win to get him out. It's going to be the same decisions. It just allows clubs to, to make the players, especially that prolonged two or three weeks just to make an extra decision. We're trying to get a striker in now. And at the moment he's saying, you know, I might get in. If I get an injury, I might get in. So we have to wait for that decision. I prefer that every club in the country should be 3rd of August is when the season starts. So just end the winter then.
3: You've been a manager for a while now, obviously, um, at Oldham and and here as well. I was reading some stuff about Leeds United and Marcel Bielsa likes to have a small squad uh, and work with some younger players maybe in and around that first-team group. Is that something that you would prefer so you can keep all the players on side, in essence, and you haven't got that five or six that have got the long faces around the training ground?
5: I don't mind that because I try and treat everybody the same. It's just that financially, last year, we had 30 players. So let's get rid of 10 and use their wages to put a little bit more on the players that we bring in. So we might pay a little bit extra than what we want, but if we keep the squad smaller... Then the budget is still the same. I think we've got a lot better quality this year than we had last year. Um, so yeah, where we're at, I would probably like 16, 17 first team players, and then three or four kids just to top the squad up. We've always we've always got the loan market, of course. But um, yeah, I probably agree with Bill. So I think at the top Premier League clubs, and you've got 50, 60 million to spend, and you've got players who are who are not quite starting with 100 grand a week. It softens the blow, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I would probably say that a squad of 20 and twenty outfield players and two keepers, that's including four young lads, would probably be appropriate.
3: And just finally, I think from the outside looking in, League Two looks like the toughest division to call. I think mm-hmm. there's seven or eight teams you could make a case for. Who would you say are going to be the ones you need to finish above?
5: I think Plymouth, because they've got 50% of a team that got relegated from League One and 50% of a team that got promoted from League Two last year. So he's not too much, you know, we've brought in 10 players and 10 players are for all different different levels, different clubs. Whereas Ryan's been quite shrewd, he's brought six or seven players in from Bury. So they'll know each other, so it won't take them as much time to settle in, proving League 2 players. And then he's got 50% of his squad, what are remaining from League 1, who have previously won League 2 with Plymouth. So if you offered me finishing a point above Plymouth, I'd take that now. Um, I think Bradford will be strong, I think Salford will be strong, Exeter will be strong, Northampton. Scunny. I think Scunny will start going to run once Paul Hurst gets his players in. Yeah, it's difficult. But if you offered me now to finish a season, i finish a point above Plymouth, I'd probably take it.
0: Richie then talking about transfers, transfer window going on, perhaps a, a bit too long, squad size and, and the like. Do we all have a, a feeling, given that we're hurtling towards the transfer window, on how it's working out, whether it's right, whether the change is good, whether we're just not bothered?
2: I, I like it, personally. Just, I'd like to know your team early on in the season. I like, I like the way the Premier League have done it. It wouldn't make sense, I guess, for the EFL to, to go a week earlier because it could put them at a disadvantage. So, so no, I think as fine as it is, managers know, don't they? You've got plenty of time. You've got all summer to get your squad together.
0: Good. That means we can quickly rattle through the fixtures. Port Vale, Northampton. The new owners in at Port Vale... I'm not sure if you saw The Times describe Carol Shanahan as female Jesus. He's also claimed the players were fed leftover pies sometimes mm. under Norman Smurthwaite. I know a lot of Norman Smurthwaite through non league football in particular. People have strong views on him. 1 1 in the first outing of the season against Colchester. Respectable.
2: You know what they should have been fed? What? Oatcakes.
0: Hey! Uh, <laughs> But that means you can handily listen back to no, some of our on. previous podcasts.
2: What is a leftover pie? Is it a half-eaten one, or is it one that just didn't didn't get picked up? I always have by this by
0: discussion about Kit Kats, because Kit Kats, the middle of a Kit Kats, crushed up Kit Kats, right? So what came first? The chicken or the pie? Oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> as long as it's not half-eaten, Maybe what's we'll the big
0: deal?
3: Just going back to when I sampled the oat cakes, mm. um, there was such a miserable atmosphere around Port Vale when I was there last season. Yeah, they lost, uh, I think it was against Swindon, 1-0, but... You know, when you go down at half-time and the moans and groans and the way it had become under the previous owner was was terrible. So it's great to see some optimism, um, Carol and Kevin Shanahan.
2: Why is she the female Jesus?
3: Um, I just think because she's given hope after such a horrible previous regime. So, yeah, everyone's really enjoying it. There's been the hashtag new era doing the rounds at the club and people have been a bit sceptical about the new signings, but she's been saying, I'm, buy- I'm buying promising players to make them stars in the future rather than buying the the finished article. So, yeah, good start for them. 1-1. The biggest topic in terms of the personnel style of play is whether the manager's going to go for two strikers, someone to help Tom Pope out, and he rubbished it after the game and said, systems, rubbish. You know, it's about attitude and it's about players being versatile within the system that he chooses so that's something to keep an eye on before the Northampton game whether he changes playing one up top but what,
0: t- what stage does that change the as in uh, what league does it change and the attitudes or does it I, I just found it interesting we, th- when you're talking about Danny Cowley and how he's adapted to work with different players the higher up well you always gone. have to do
2: the basics you always have to get that right mm. so you look at City in the Premier League they work so hard don't they they do all the 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 dirty work properly it, it doesn't change so
0: apart from can I just laugh at the fact I went to watch a National South game at the weekend and we tried to do a City from the goal kick
2: you know, build up at the oh, back. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, in terms of that, yeah, I think I think it become, the the basics become much more important the lower down the pyramid pyramid you go. You should only do the odd bit of uh, tricks and flicks. But no, I thought it was a cracking result for Port Vale. Love the way they won the penalty. It was like a press and they nicked the ball in a good area. If they continue in that vein, I think they have a, a much better season, Port Vale.
0: The one-one with Colchester against Northampton tricky because do we know will the real Northampton stand up? The changes that they've made again how long they've got to take to, to bed in.
3: Yeah and they'll, they'll be disappointed after that opening day uh, defeat they've got the big target man Harry Smith who after a bit of an indifferent time at Swindon really found his form at, at Macclesfield last season so he's going to be important for them uh, I think for, for Port Vale it's still going to be goals that are going to be the problem mm. I think defensively when John Askey went in there last season he really got them defensively sound, changed the system at times as well so I don't see it being a really high-scoring affair, and I think Northampton uh, potentially could get something out of that game.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they've got good characters. I think the players they brought in, the senior guys. Uh, McCormack is injured, I think now. Uh, Chris Lyons is another one. So, so yeah, they won't be bad for long, in my opinion. I think I think they're another team that will enjoy a better campaign.
0: Uh, Northampton, by the way, it was a one 0 defeat to to Walsall. If you haven't seen those results from the the weekend, Swindon Carlisle, Adrian, this is. One that you've well, I just picked think, up,
2: yeah. I just think there's two big clubs in in League Two that that will have fairly lofty ambitions, and I think they, they both did really well on the Open day. I love the goals that Swindon scored on on the counter attack. They've got some real quickies, haven't they? That can sort of travel upfield uh, at pace. Great finish from from Jerry Yates, uh, the loney, in the game at Scunthorpe, which was one of the results of the weekend, I think, wasn't it? For Swindon at Scunthorpe, has to be. Uh, Isgrove is a good player for them. And Carlisle, seven new signings. And I thought that they were, they were good against a, a Crawley team that I don't think any of us really fancy. But, but Carlisle have got some youngsters. I feel quite optimistic about Carlisle. And they're the kind of club, if they get on a roll and the punters start coming through the gates again, mm-hmm. they can be a real force in League 2. I remember playing there years ago when they had Matt Janssen and Rory Delap, And it was rammed. It was like, I don't know, 10,000 or something main stand was full where they all stand on the side there it's a pretty intimidating place i also went there uh, on loan once <laughs> extremely <laughs> unsuccessful loan spell um and it was it was like a ghost town it was just empty so i think that there's a the sort of club that can go two ways when when it's on a bad roll, it can go the other way so so i hope i i feel quite optimistic that presley will get them going and uh, they'll they'll fly this year
0: It was a a 2-1 win over Crawley. I want to ask you about your loan spell, but I don't
2: know that we've... Not much to to know, really. How long was it? Brief. I have weeks. Was it? Yeah.
0: It's just never... You've got to go in for a a decent length of time, haven't you? Unless it's a keeper emergency day.
2: Yeah, the manager that brought me in got displaced, um, got overthrown, basically, by the coach midway through Malone's Beller. Oh, for, for
0: bringing you in. Pretty much, yeah. And, <laughs> and, reason and enough. said
2: coach didn't like me. And uh, we may have had a row. Uh,
0: a quick word on the fans at, at Swindon. Richie Wellens, we didn't hear in that interview, but but he was effervescing about about the fans mm. and what's happening at Swindon.
3: Yeah, just trying to get better fan engagement, really. There's going to be a fan park, I think, this season trying to get the supporters to turn up earlier, enjoy the experience, have a better experience of a match day because the home form was problematic last season. It's probably what cost them and especially the games against the clubs in the lower reaches of the division. So I'm not getting carried away after one outstanding away performance. And speaking, you know, away from the microphone last night, he was quick to play down this counter-attacking football and say they look at every fixture and they yeah. look at the opposition and they play accordingly and they're going to have to have different ways of playing because teams come into Swindon because of the size of the club at that level and the size of the support some teams will sit in especially the ones that are desperate for points so it'll be about being a little bit cuter and being able to play through teams or maybe being able to play a little bit direct to a to a striker and um yeah I'm I'm optimistic that Richie Wellens is the right man they needed continuity He's making all the right noises. Hopefully, you know, they can do the business at the weekend. But Carlisle, I think, you missed the trick there. Lofty Ambitions. Mm. they got a centre-forward called Loft. Uh, yeah. And he's a target man, which I think is nearly as good as Crouch.
0: Maybe you for were a just, striker. just playing it under the radar, weren't yeah, you? He was on was the there. bench, wasn't
2: he? I was yeah. just saving that one up he for another He came and done
3: very well by all <laughs> accounts. So um, he was there last night, actually, um, Stephen Presley. I'm not sure what he'd have gained from attending an um, EFL trophy game on a Tuesday <laughs> night. But he was there. So he's doing his I, scouting.
2: I did notice that Crawley had 20 shots against Carlisle, so maybe they're a little bit open. So that's, that's something to look out for. They might be uh, an entertaining side this year, Carlisle.
0: Joe of the Crilly, Swindon, Carlisle, then.
1: Swindon, they are odds on to beat Carlisle at home, ten to eleven. Uh, Carlisle, twenty nine to ten, and the draw, thirteen to five this weekend.
0: What about Swindon going and winning everything?
1: Winning every, every, everything. Everything. The domestic <laughs> travel. <laughs> yeah. um, Swindon, are, they're in and amongst the betting for promotion. They're, they're not amongst the favourites. Salford, after their win at the weekend, have, uh, have moved ahead of Bradford uh, in the favourite states to go up. But Swindon are ninth in the list. Decent shout for a playoff spot.
0: And Portvale, Northampton?
1: Portvale are 31-20, Northampton 7-4 to 4, and the draw 9-4. to 4.
0: Thank you everyone that's been in touch this week. Dr Rob Croughton? Croton apologies, Rob. Dr. Rob says, Is it time for the championship and higher tier League One academies to be protected against big clubs cherry picking? West Brom are scaling back because of Barry and Rogers moving to Barca and Man United. Ferguson got man of the match on his senior debut against Forest. Strange stroke worrying picture, says Dr. Rob. Anyone yeah, it's not else?
2: Great, is it? But but the cherry picking, because of the the rules that are in place, it can happen to. To, to anyone really can't. I, I'm not comfortable with it but you also see play, young players from Premier League clubs get, get poached away as well it's just kind of the way it's gone
0: you want to blood those players you want to bring them through and that's well,
2: going to be the quality and, and I think the best way to hang on to your best young players is to actually use them in the first team have role models that these kids can aspire to so that when a bit other club comes knocking they think actually I'm going to stick around here because this club is going to give me a game.
0: Which rolls us all the way back to Derby signing Wayne Rooney. Joe, Sam, Adrian, thank you. If you want to keep the conversation going, sadly this four and a half hour long podcast was not long enough for all the conversation, then do get in touch with us on social media. Thank you to all of you. Enjoy your week. Uh, We'll be back with you next week on Wednesday with plenty more besides. Bye for now.
3: You've been listening to The Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter, and make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com.